This is ESPN-UP's Coaches Show, recapping all the action from this week in high school football. Here's your host, Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? It's the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Thanks so much for waking up with us. I'm Blake Froling. We've got Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal in studio. We are well-fed by Donkers. What do you got over there? I got my bacon waffle. It's my favorite thing to get there. Okay. And it's delicious, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. All right. It, uh, I don't know if that's their specialty or not, but it's the first time I've ever eaten one. And at here, I had that about a year ago, and it was great. So, All right. Well, it is their specialty now. Yeah. That's for sure. In my opinion. Yeah. So we've got a great show for you. A little bit of a, a different show because we had games on Thursday and games on Friday. We're going to recap all of them. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to all the coaches except for Gwyn's Dion Brown. They did not have a game. It was canceled because Manistique didn't have enough players. So you call him and shoot the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like he would be okay with that. He would be just fine talking some football, yeah. excited. You know, everybody who talks to him gets a little bit of jolt of enthusiasm. Exactly. Right. A little motivation in your day, and it's good on a Saturday morning. Yeah, we could use that. He, I wish he was here just to kind of pump us up right before we went on the air. Uh-huh. Like, you guys got this. You know, this would be the greatest show you've ever done. Oh, <laughs> that'd be great, wouldn't it? He, he's he's a great motivator. I could see it in practice and during mm-hmm. a game. Just the fist pumping. He's got it going on. Let's get to a couple scores okay. from last night. First, we had Ishpeming take down Lakeland and Hubble, 38-12. to That was the game that you were at. Yep. First time those two had ever faced off. Kind of hard to believe. Yeah, um... But the conf- well, Ishming's had this. I'm surprised it is that it wasn't the first time because Ishming's been having this difficulty getting nine games on their schedule. <laughs> so you thought maybe like at some point they would scour have been the able- UP. Yeah, they might have been able to pick one up. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting game. Uh, I thought it would be a lot more competitive, um, and it was. You know, the first half, but then you know Ishming started to pull away. And uh, if you read my game recap. Uh, um, I talk about how great their blocking was all through the night, and it was really effective. I've I've seen good blocking before, but even their backs were in the right spot. And as a result, you know, Hunter Smith and Sunberg and all those guys were able to break off larger runs. It looked like it would be like maybe a three-yard gain. They uh-huh. ended up being like an eight or nine. So Okay, we'll get to that. A little mm-hmm. bit later, we'll have Jeff Olson on at around 9.30-ish. Uh, our game that we were at last night, Westwood versus Iron Mountain. We thought that was going to be maybe the game of the week, and it was a dud. Westwood won 34-7. to Very surprising outcome there uh, over at Westwood. Yeah, um, from what I was uh, hearing, Westwood scored, what, like on their opening drive, and it was just all... It was all Westwood from, from yeah, that. Yeah, and which is a little... Not that Westwood played well, but it was surprising the fact that Iron Mountain fell so flat because... Mm-hmm. You know, they snuck by and got that win against Nagani um, that I thought they'd play a little better, but I guess (laughs) not the case from what I saw. Well, it was a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Westwood scores first, and then on the ensuing... Sorry, I've got donkers. On the ensuing kickoff, Iron Mountain can't handle the ball. Westwood recovers. They score again. Mm-hmm. So before Iron Mountain's offense even gets on the field, they're down 12 nothing, And that's just kind of a demoralizing feeling. Yeah, it's when you're already down, it, you know, you still have that little motivation that, hey, we can get back in it. But it's just like, you know, how mm-hmm. much are we going to be able to get back in it? Right. And, uh, um, you know, Lake Linden actually scored on their first drive, mm-hmm. and I was like, and they scored pretty quickly, so I was like, oh, is Ishmael going to be able to bounce back from that? Not that I didn't think they could, but I was just, you know, mm-hmm. that was kind of a quick beatdown, and they scored on their drive, and so it's, you had one team that was able to recover from an early blow, and one team that wasn't last night. Right, so we'll get to Coach Sergela in just a moment here. Westwood did something that I hadn't seen in my time covering them, they threw the ball twice in a row to start the game. What? Yes. Two passes what in a row. Surge with some razzle-dazzle there? There was a lot of razzle-dazzle. <laughs> I was shocked. Were you razzled or dazzled? Both. <laughs> both. Dave Bowes was doing the color with me on the radio. We both looked at each other, and he said, in his 19 years at Westwood, he cannot recall a, a Patriots team doing that. 
Twice. Twice in a row. Wow. So I asked Coach Sergela about that. So let's get to his post-game interview from last night. Congratulations. Thank you. On the win. We saw a different version of the Westwood offense early on. You guys were aggressive through the air. What did you see that you thought would be so successful by doing that? Well, I, I, you know, just we're kind of what they were giving us a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, there was some calls that I made that our um, quarterback actually um, told me, he said, no, I ain't going to be there. And, uh, and uh, we called something else. And uh, so... He's a smart kid, and he's a great kid. He did a really good job tonight. Mm-hmm. How 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 much have you seen that change over the past couple of years where he's been playing, where he just says, we'll do that, to, to having to start having some more input in that? Um, well, we've been working on him since he's been a sophomore. And, uh, um, you, know, that's, that's, you know, that's who he is. He's a smart kid. He's an athletic kid. Um, he's done everything that we've asked. And uh, he's a great kid. He really is. And... Uh, I'm proud of Nathan Beckman, I really am, and I'm proud of our whole team. Uh, through two games now, you've only given up seven points against uh, a, a dangerous Iron Mountain offense. What do you think were some of the keys tonight to slowing them down? Well, you know, um, you know we got out and jumped on them early, and uh, you know, I've been in that, been on the other side of that before. All of a sudden. You know, we come down, we get a couple of big pass plays, and then that softens them up a little bit. So then we ran. Um, you know, we didn't get the two-point conversions tonight. Um, that's really not on our kids. That was a couple of bad play calls on my part. Um, but, uh, you know, it. Um, uh, then, you know, I think we got the onside kick, and then, you know, then there was a fumble. And, you know, so there was quite a bit that, that happened. And, um, you know, it kind of just snowballed uh, from there. And, uh, you know, as part of our kids, we kept it going. Um, it, I thought we let up a little bit, not so much in the second half, but just in the second quarter. I thought, you know, I, I thought we still, you know, we still had our first team in there. Uh, and I was hoping to, you know, to try to get another score. And, you know, now your mountain's good. I'm not going to get, don't get me wrong. I thought it was an even game from the middle of the second quarter on. And uh, that's a good football team that we just beat tonight. It really is. And uh, so, you know, um, we're, we we got lucky on a couple things, but you know what? Our kids made some great plays too, and uh, you know that's that's the luck of the draw. Sometimes I've been on the other end of it, and uh, but our kid cap our kids capitalized on them. It seemed like uh, just about everybody was cramping up on both sides. What were those conditions like down there, and what do you think was going on for for a couple of guys coming down with some of those cramps? Ah, uh, it's muggy. Hmm. It's you know I'm sweating, I'm, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm sweating. I got a t-shirt on, and you know it uh, it's it's uh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hot and muggy down mm-hmm. there. You know, thunderstorms are rolling in, and it rained earlier, and then that hum- humidity really didn't go away. Um, you know, I, our our kids do a pretty good job. We talk to them about taking care of their bodies, and it uh, you know they played hard. They played hard, and you're going to lose a lot of you know lose a lot, and that's what happened. Well, coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck next week, and congratulations on the win. Big battle next week. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So that was Coach Scott Sears of the Westwood Patriots. We caught up with him last night. It was a big night from Nathan Beckman because he was asked to pass a lot, especially in the first and second quarter when they built up that lead. Man, it must take some guts to, to- tell Coach Sergela that play's not going to work. Huh. So like pulling on LeBron James in almost no way. Oh, it's like an audible. You know, yeah. he see, Beckman sees the game a different from a different viewpoint than Coach Sergela. He's on mm-hmm. the field, so mm-hmm. the quarterback has a feel for what what works and what's what's not working. You know, this is his third year as a starter, so Coach Sergela has that trust. But even still, you know, sometimes it's, these high school kids don't have that. Don't confidence. even want to you know confront a guy who's mm-hmm. probably what at least twenty years older than they are. Yeah. No offense to Scott there. I was just no, throwing out a number. <laughs> no, no. So, so he has he has all the faith in, in Nathan mm-hmm. Beckman. I think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've watched Beckman play, and, you know, he's known more so for being a runner. He can, you know, find openings and get his speed going. But uh, he's a pretty effective passer when he gets the opportunity. Um, there's not a lot of passing offenses up here in the UP, and pretty much the whole mindset is to run the ball. But uh, Westwood has an asset in the fact that they got a guy who can throw. Right. He was 8 for 12, passing for 146 yards and a touchdown. Also ran for 58 yards and a score. And basically, Westwood went up 34 nothing with eight minutes to go in the second quarter. And 
went on cruise control from there. It was more of a conservative offense, kind of get through the game. So those passing numbers, if they, you know, if they continued like that, they were he was basically eight for twelve in the first quarter and a half. So if he continued, he, I mean, he could have gone on and on and on, but they just didn't need to. What? When was the last time you think like a a quarterback in the UP threw over two hundred yards? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Does anybody run any kind of like spread offense? The only time I've seen a spread offense run was when Manistique did it a couple of years ago, and it didn't really work out that well for them. So you don't think they got 200 yards? No, they had some decent passing stats, you know, just because they emphasize it so much, but, you know. But they didn't get the wins. No, so. But uh, it'd be interesting if there was like a new coach that came into a team and installed like an air raid. I would love that. <laughs> Mike Leach come up here to the UP. <laughs> An Let's air raid offense in the UP would be great to watch. Nobody would know what to do. On the other side for Iron Mountain, they fall to 1-1, one and one, and we've been talking about the weapons they have on offense with Charlie Gearhart and Marcus Johnson, but if you add it up, they've only scored 19 points in two games. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Johnson didn't really have much time to throw the ball against Westwood. He was He had to scramble on basically every throw. Some of them he hit, you know, some of them were good throws on the run. But if he had a little bit of a cleaner pocket, I think he could have done even more damage. You know, I would say Marcus is a better passer even than he is a better runner because when he was open against Nagani, he was able to find his receivers. And he can handle pressure as a quarterback. Um, He did that pretty well against Nagani, but Westwood was able to get to him a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, But... He can read defenses pretty well, but, you know, if you don't give him the time, you know, he's not going to be as effective as he could be. Yeah, he finished 4 of 11 passing on the night, had a touchdown, a, a nice throw and catch. Charlie Gerhardt had to kind of reach over the defender. Both of them, I think the defender tipped it up in the air, and then Gerhardt caught it in the corner of the end zone. So almost perfect coverage, but when the receiver is about three or four inches taller, it, it's kind of hard to match up with that. Yeah, um, but, Ger- you know, Gerhard, people forget, was actually a track star. From hurdles. Our, yeah, hurdles and the high jump. Well, so, there you go. He's uh, He's got some ups, let's put it that way. <laughs> and he looks so big out there, but he's still so fast. He's got that speed. He's their kick returner, too. Mm-hmm. You don't expect a guy with that kind of size to be able to get down the sideline that quickly. Guy can block, guy can leap, has the speed. He is their main receiver. Um He's a good scoring threat, but mm-hmm. uh, if if you can't give Johnson the protection to get the ball to him, you're going to have some issues. Uh, I, you know, I, I've said it before, Nagani should have won that game in Week One. They were in control, pretty much. Take away those two big plays that Iron Mountain had, and Nagani had that game. Um, so, I think Iron Mountain has some good players, but I don't think they're as good as you know, maybe some talk was going into the year. Right. Uh, Gerhard was held to 25 yards receiving, about 33 yards rushing or so, unofficial stats from our Mm -hmm. broadcast. So I think Westwood was pretty happy with that performance overall. Mm -hmm. So they have improved to 2-0. Their next game, big matchup, as Sergio alluded to at the end of his interview with Calumet on the road. Copper Kings just dismantled Nagani. Yeah, Calumet, you know, when you look at the Copper Country, your first indication probably isn't football, but hockey, Cal- maybe. Yeah, hockey primarily. But Kelly Mets built up quite a good program the last few years, and uh, they they've given Nagani fits in the postseason, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be a good matchup. I, you know, before the season, I would have immediately picked Westwood. You know, right away that they're going to kind of roll past them, but I think it's going to be a much more competitive game. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that coverage. Pre-game starting at 6.30, kickoff at 7 next Friday at Calumet. If you can't make the drive, just settle in and listen to ESPN-UP, right? Yeah. That's the easy way to do it. The ESPN-U app, too. Yep. Available for free on iPhone and Android. Don't forget it. Yep. Uh, we will have Coach Paul Jacobson's interview from yesterday. Uh, when we come back, he's the Ghani head coach, talking about that Calumet game. A scary situation with quarterback Jason Waterman. That could have been worse. Uh, but first... We'll have a word from the MHSAA. Family and friends, play clock, and still the same perspective. It's all next on This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. Hi again, everyone. I'm John Johnson, and welcome to This Week in High School Sports. 
It's definitely a family and friends situation for Tate Halleck at Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central this fall. The football wide receiver comes into the season ready to go to Michigan State University next year and follow in the footsteps of his older brother Tanner and his parents Ty, who went to the NFL, and his mother Jennifer, and to keep making plays this season with his childhood friend, quarterback Luke Majic. Uh, we've been best friends ever since fourth grade, I think. Chuck them across with each other and then he moved over from Northern. So ever since then, we just spent best friends. So he's like a brother to me. Uh, I just think I'm capable of getting open and he just knows who I am. So he just throws me the ball. So I think we just have a nice chemistry and stuff like that. So he's used to throwing me the ball. The Rangers opened the season with a two-point victory over Jenison last week and host Holland West Ottawa this weekend. You can read more about Tate Halleck on the second half page of the MHSAA website. Our MHSAA TV game balls this week go out to Trenton quarterback Jay Solano, who threw for 355 yards and four touchdowns in a 27-21 win over Allen Park last week. You can check out the archive of that game on MHSAA.tv. And Adeline Ackley of Hart, who led the Pirates girls cross-country team to a victory in the big school division of the Benzie Central Invitational last weekend with a 17-03 time. Check out MHSAA TV every week for live games and a number of fall sports produced by members of the MHSAA School Broadcast Program. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to This Week in High School Sports. Do you need money for college? Michigan Student Aid is Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. They administer scholarships, grants, college savings programs, and other resources that help make college accessible, affordable, and achievable for you. See how they can help you today by visiting michigan.gov slash mystudentaid and connect with Michigan Student Aid on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Our weekly Be the Referee segment looks into the fine art of officiating with Brent Rice. There's an experiment taking place on a number of high school football fields across the state again this year. Michigan is experimenting with a 40-second play clock in football. This is designed to provide more consistency from play to play as the ball must be snapped 40 seconds after the end of the previous play and is not dependent on the referee's subjective signal. When play is continuing without a stoppage, the 40-second play clock will be used. If play has been stopped for a timeout or penalty, the play clock will be set at 25 seconds. After two seasons, the feedback received from coaches and officials has been very positive, and there's possibility the Michigan experiment may become a new national playing rule soon. Thanks, Brent. You can be a referee. Go online now to MHSAA.com to register. While rummaging through some old press releases the other day, I came across a commentary I had written in 2004 called Keeping the Proper Perspective. There were some thoughts that I think still ring true as we get into a new high school sports season. Let me quote a few lines. In 2002, the bar was lowered when national television crept into an Ohio arena and broadcast a high school basketball game involving the Wonderkin prep player at that point in time. Some called it a defining moment for high school sports. It was a defining moment, all right, a moment that highlights the slow slide of educational athletics towards the excesses and abuses that plague the so-called next levels of sports. Boy, looking at that, you thought I'd written it last week. Let me read a little more. When the Ohio Circus took place, observers of school sports and those in the media pointed to policies Michigan schools had instituted years ago to keep live national television out of their gymnasiums and to maintain reasonable travel, noting that the proper perspective with school sports was being kept intact in Michigan. Yeah, I could have written that last week, too. And I wrapped it up with this, and it's as relevant today as it was in 2004. If we're truly keeping things in perspective, there's no time like the present to remember that the reason those other folks exist is not the reason we exist. It's time to remember our mission and who it's for. It's not for the elite athletes, national rankings, and national television. It's for the junior high, ninth grade, junior varsity, and varsity teams of our neighborhood schools and the hundreds of thousands of everyday kids, everyday kids, who play on these teams. When we are extravagant with the elite, we threaten the rest. Yep, the more things change, the more things should still stay the same. Join us again next time for another edition of This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, a production of the MHSEA Network. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm John Johnson. We'll see you next time. Are you looking for a new vehicle with a payment that fits your budget? UB Catholic Credit Union is here to help. The Payment Saver Program is a low payment alternative to a traditional loan or lease. It offers lower monthly payments, no down payment, 
and a flexible loan term that ranges from 36 to 72 months. It's a perfect fit for anyone looking for a vehicle five years old and newer. Call UP Catholic Credit Union or visit us online for more information about the newest, easiest way to be in the car of your dreams. I'm Ken Farley from the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home, and each year it's amazing to watch the student-athletes in our area schools compete at a really high level and juggle the demands of learning in the classroom, studying at home, hanging with friends, and for some, working a part-time job. They represent their schools and communities well, and if you see them on the street, let them know you appreciate their efforts. After all, they are the future leaders. We at the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home are standing on the sidelines with great admiration for what you do. Join us in cheering in a positive way as we enjoy this high school sports season. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us on your Saturday morning here on the Coaches Show. Blake Froling, Ryan Stieg with you here. How was your waffle? My waffle was quite good. Um, it was very filling, mm-hmm. and uh, when I first got it the first time, I thought, oh, maybe like they sprinkle like bacon bits or something like that. But no, there's like full pieces of bacon. Really? In there. Full pieces inside the waffle? Yeah. That sounds delicious. It is. So I, thank uh, you, Donkers. Yeah. We're going to keep endorsing them. Oh, yeah. So. Even if they don't bring us food, I would still endorse it. Like, yeah. Man, that pancake I had the other day, what, plain, this is delicious. Plain pancake, or what did you have Yeah, on just, just plain buttermilk, you know, whatever. Okay. No, uh... Oh, you got syrup there. Okay, I have uh, syrup. Okay, yeah. at least there's that. So it was delicious. Well, I'm <laughs> still working on it. It's also <laughs> filling. Might have to take it home, but very delicious. Um, so thank you once again, Donkers, for helping us out. Go check them out in downtown Marquette. They are absolutely delicious. Let's get to a game from Thursday night. Uh, we will talk. Uh, we'll have Coach Paul Jacobson from Nagani coming on in just a moment. Uh, they lost to Calumet 30 to eight. Jason Waterman had the leg-slash-hip injury, and it seemed like when he went out, I believe that was in the second quarter, mm-hmm. things kind of went downhill for Nagani. Yeah, it's it was fairly close to start off, and then uh, when your QB goes down, things just kind of snowballed from that point. And Calumet's a good team, and uh, when you find when you have a good team and they start clicking and you have your starting quarterbacks out... It's kind of a disaster. Exactly. And, and Calumet, like we talked about on the sports pen yesterday, they hit, they always seem to, to have, have Nagani's, Nagani's number. number. Yeah. Well, we talked about it, and we said it's weird because Nagani usually wins in the regular season, then they lose to Calumet mm-hmm. in the playoffs, where now they've lost to Calumet in the regular season. So we're like, uh, if Nagani win makes it in the playoffs, playoffs, we'll see what happens. I'd prefer a playoff win. Than a regular season win. I would too. Yeah, so good omen maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's get to our interview with Coach Paul Jacobson. This was from Friday's show, recapping the game last night. Also, a theme you'll hear from a couple of these coaches was was player safety with concussions on everybody's mind. I kind of asked them how they saw player safety rules and things like that change over the years. So here is head coach Paul Jacobson. Coach, uh, it was tied up 8-8 in the first quarter, then Jason Waterman quarterback went down with a leg injury how big of an impact did that have on the rest of the game oh man uh, you know honestly uh, it, it had a, it had a you could see it right away it was apparent after our first uh, you know the first quarter uh, you know the guy goes down and scores nice drive we had some tackles they put they put it in the end zone we come back and and answer the bell right off the cuff and, and had a nice drive down the field and, and answer the bell um, you know, we stopped them three and out. Next series of offense. Um, you know, going for first down. You know, Jason hurts his, his hip a little bit, muscular. It's almost like you could feel the, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the kind of wind come out of our sails. Um, that was right at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Kymet goes back now. Uh, we get a three and out. We go three and out. Kymet comes down, and again, some some mistack on our part, some miscues, and. And Calumet scores, and we go into halftime 14 to eight. And uh, you know, thought we had an opportunity. You know, at that point, we're playing well. Um, we didn't respond well, I don't think, in the in the in the first half after Jason went down, and even in the second half, you could tell a little bit that our offense, you know, they didn't have the confidence. We felt with Jason at the helm, or, or what it was, but we needed kids to step up and make some plays. Um, that didn't happen for us. 
And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Calumet's Travis Ojala had a couple touchdowns. What made him so difficult to stop? Yeah, he just he, he's not stop. I mean, he's not, his legs are constantly moving. You know, we had him, we had him a couple times. Um, you know, he busted off the two long runs. We had him a couple times in the backfield, and and uh, he continued to, to drive forward and, and break tackles and, and uh, nonstop. You know, that's that's a uh, you know sign of a good competitor and a good running back. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Coach Paul Jacobson here on the Coach's Show. So so if Waterman is out for next game, not sure yet, um, what what kind of an impact does he have, not just as as being a, a good player, but in terms of with the rest of the guys? I know you mentioned a little bit, but, but what kind of, I guess, after effects does his presence have? Well, it definitely changes the, the dynamics of our team. You know, Jason's uh, – you know, I think he's a pretty good dual threat um, quarterback with the run and the pass. Um, and he's in, and you alluded to it a little bit. He's a, he's a tremendous leader. You know, and, and to lose someone uh, of his leadership ability uh, is going to have an impact on it. But you know, like his, his role changes. You know, we told Ty last night that yeah, you're on the sideline, but you still have to be in the game and 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 uh, you know, assuming your leadership role. So it's gonna it definitely changes us um, offensively if we're not able to get him back this week. Um, we're still going to have him in spirit and, and, and uh, either way um, with his leadership on the sidelines. So that'll, I think that'll add to it and give us a week to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we let you go, Coach, uh, the, the main theme for this week has been talked about player safety, uh, specifically with head injuries, because that's the, one of the biggest topics in football right now. As you have been a coach throughout the years, how have you seen maybe improvements in player safety with head injuries or rule changes, or how do you think it has improved from when you started coaching and now? Well, first of all, um, the, the main thing you see is the, the amount of attention um, given to the athletes, first of all. I mean, everything considered, the, 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 the athlete's safety and well-being is, is, is top-notch. Um, you know, we have people on our sidelines, the medical staff, whether it's a trainer, a doctor, a physician. Um, if there's even a question about it, they go right to them. You know, if they're leaving the, a lot of the guesswork um, out of the coaches, which is, which is fantastic, into the people that know stuff about it. Um, even officials, if they see... Any type of dizziness, staggering after a, after a hard hit, um, they're they're immediately pushed the sidelines um, to the training staff. So, um, the, first of all, that that that's one of the biggest impacts I've seen uh, is the care to it. And and once uh, you know, we, we we need impact tests. I'm sure most teams do. Um, it's an impact testing, which uh, is is kind of a pre-concussion test. And once they get into concussion protocol, they, they can't get back in until they, they pass A, that impact test, and B, a physical test. So, again, taking the athlete's safety and, and health into consideration, it's out of the coach's hands and more on the medical side of it. Um, that uh, equipment, uh, helmets have gone, you know, you know, you think about back in the day when they, you know, a little leather helmet on top of their heads. But the equipment-wise, um, you know, we're able to put um, helmets on kids now that uh, are top of the line and, and really engineered towards um, reducing impacts and concussions. Uh, and then officials, you know, you see it's trickle-down effect. You know, we started seeing it in, in the NFL with with with, uh, with contact with the head first of all with the you know defenders. Um, it's trickled down now into uh, defensive players of college and and all the high schools. So, you know, it's it's. Uh, there's programs out there too. USA Football puts uh, programs out there, and, and they're educating coaches on, on on heads of football and keeping the head out of football. And it's come a long ways. You know, bottom line, it's a, it, it is a physical sport. Um, I think we've you know last year, knock on wood, we we uh, we didn't have a concussion on our team last year, um, and that's a tribute to the kids, the, the coaching staff, the training staff, everybody involved. Um, so yeah, we just you know you, you, it's going to be a part of it once in a while. You hope it's not, but. You know, I think everything is in place right now to, to keep the uh, the safety of the, of the athletes uh, um, right in the forefront. Do you think the athletes are more comfortable speaking up if they think something is wrong? Maybe there's less of a stigma about talking about it? <laughs> you know what? I guess that depends on who you talk to. <laughs> uh, there's some guys that will still, you know, and, and, and it's it, it's kind of come the pendulum has swung so far right now that I think it's starting to kind of come back towards the middle a bit as far as, um, precautionary stuff, but you know, you see stars. You know, we've all 
walked into uh, doorways or something where we saw stars, you know, that's considered a concussion. And you're, you're supposed to report that and, you know, and then, and then enter concussion protocol. I, you know, that probably happens quite a bit. Um, not maybe in football, but in everyday life, but, um, it probably does happen and depends on the type of kid you have. Um, you know, whether they're going to report it or not, it's up to the individual athlete, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Coach's Show. All right. Thank you. That was Coach Paul Jacobson from Nagani. Join us here on ESPN-UP. Let's switch over now to Ishpeming, the game you were at last night. The Hematites beat Lakeland and Hubble 38-12. to uh, you mentioned the offensive line stuck out to you. What mm. specifically did you see? Well, um, first was a later kickoff because they played the JV game beforehand, so everybody else was uh, <laughs> well into their games. And I'm tweeting at that uh, 7:30 that we're just kicking off, so that was a little bit of a delay. But for the offensive line, just <clears throat> they got a good push, and I mentioned the blocking earlier, like. The tackles and the guards were just right where they needed to be, and their backs. Now, you don't typically expect your running backs to be able to be that effective of blockers, but Drake Sunberg would hit his areas, and uh, Matt Trawick would find his spots. I mean, it was it was just really great. So now, uh, while we have the time, we're going to bring on Ishpeming head coach Jeff Olson. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us this morning. No problem. My pleasure. So you've got the big win, 38-12, to last night against Lake Linden Hubble. Uh, I don't know if you could hear, but Ryan was just talking about the performance of the offensive line. How impressed were you by what they showed you? Well, you know, that's where it starts. And, uh, you know, you have to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball if you're going to be successful. And, you know, I, lo- I love our offensive line this year. They, um, they come off the ball well. Um, you know they're bigger than what we've had in the past. Maybe one of our bigger lines that I've that I've ever had, and um, and, they're, and they're intelligent too. So it's you know a lot of them played last year as as sophomores. So they're they're you know we're young there, but they're um, they're seasoned kids. And um, I thought I thought they did a great job last night, as well as our backs. Our you know our backs aren't big, and you know they like to stick their nose into things, and um, they they don't back down. So. You know that for our type of offense, every everybody, the offensive line, the backs, all have to be clicking on their blocking. With the blocking, Jeff, I also noticed that the timing was so great. Like they hit it at just the right time, where Hunter and Gavin could find the opening and get those extra yards. That that was impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, and we work on that hard in practice because uh, you know it's hard following your blocks and, and finding that that hole and reading reading the head of, of your lead blocker if it's going to be on one side or the other. So it's uh, it's something that we work on all the time, and, um, you know, our kids are getting better. So you start the season, uh, you had the shutout in week one, give up just 12 points in week two. What is it about this defense that has really been so stingy? Well, I think, you know, number one, we're healthy, and, and everybody's everybody's been playing, and, you know, they're very assignment oriented right now. Um, you know, they're all doing what they're supposed to. Um, you know, we made some mistakes last night against against a good Lake Linden team. They're very, very deceptive, and uh, you know, we 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 gave them some gaps to run through at times, and and we have to shore that up. That's going to happen early in the year. But these kids are focused, and um, they're, they 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 listen and practice. They're they're very coachable, so. Anytime you have that, uh, you're gonna you're gonna do well, and you're gonna get better at the as the year goes on. So, you know, I, I'm proud of them. Now we gave up, you know, a little bit over 300 yards um, total offense last night. Some of them were just you know assignment problems, and a lot of it was you know what Lake Linden does and how um, you know how how their misdirection offense is, and you know they hide the ball very well, and they got a lot of backs going one way or the other. And there was times last night where Guys who were supposed to be making the play were following somebody else. So, you know, that's a credit to their offense and, and the way they do things. But, um, you know, I, I still I still like the, our approach to the game and the way our kids are, are going at it in practice and in games. Jeff, the, you guys were winning at the time, but that those big four stops on the one-yard line, did you feel like that was the moment that gave them that boost to kind of close out the win? 
No question, because they're a you know they're a quick strike offense. They can you know they can score points at any time because of the way they run their misdirection. And I think I must have been the one or six inch line they had first and goal, and we stopped them on on four straight downs, and that's huge. And then even right after that, I think they had first and goal on the six, and we were able to stop them there. So you know those are momentum builders, and those give build confidence and. Um, you know, I was proud of our kids the way the way they buckled down. You know, we always talk about sudden changes and negative things that happen. It's how you respond. You know, is going to be is going to tell the tale if you're going to be successful or not. And I thought our kids responded to a few negative situ- situations very well, especially their first their first run, second play of the game, 80 yards. And I thought we responded with a couple nice drives after that. So those are positives. Jeff, we have. There's a lot of teams that have to rely on one back, but we talked about your four-headed monster back there. I mean, how much of an asset is that for you guys? Well, it's huge, especially on a night like that when people are cramping up, and you know it's warm, it's humid, and um, you know, like I said, they're not big, um, and you can even add a fifth back in there, and Zach Gendro, who didn't get the carries last night, but um, you know, we feel we have a lot of depth there, and we're going to use that depth. Um, everybody is a little bit. Um, you know, unique in what what they do, and like I said, none of them back down to any type of blocking. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna use those backs, and you know, hopefully it'll keep us fresher. Um, they all play defense too, so hopefully it'll keep us all fresher. You know, for for the whole game. Uh, you know, as as we go along here. So Jeff, next week you take on Norway, who's just just won last night to move to two and zero as well. What are some of the biggest challenges they are going to pose for you guys? They're physical, and it's always a smash-mouth, drag-out game when we play them. And, and they come off the ball well. They, they're, they're, you know, they're very strong. They're, they're very physical. Um, you know, and that's the way we try to play too. So, you know, when your two teams are button heads like that, something has to give. So, it's almost like who's going to back down first. But, uh, you know, they're always very well coached. They're always tough, hard-nosed kids, and you know, we expect nothing less from them from them this year. Well, Jeff, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Coaches Show. Congrats on the win. All right, thanks. My pleasure. So that was Jeff Olson of Ishwaming joining us here on The Coaches Show and a, a happy man. Well, yeah, <clears throat> 2 and 0 to start the year. And we talked, and the last thing we talked last night, I talked about how happy are you healthy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, this is the first time in three years where we actually have everybody pretty much mm-hmm. in good shape. So uh, I think it's definitely a good thing for them. They're, uh, they got to do a uh, big game. We talked about how Calumet's been sharp to start the year. And, uh, you know, I'm, sorry, not Calumet. Norway. Norway. Sorry. <laughs> Forget, it's early. It's yeah, okay. it's early. It's okay. Um, uh, but Norway, you know, they handled Munising really well. Munising had the lead briefly after the first quarter, and then it just built and built and built. Uh, and Nimi and Iron Mountain called it uh, they kind of sprung forth from the earth, <laughs> which I thought was a, a good way to describe it because they were kind of slow out of the gates, but they kicked into gear. So I think... It's going to be a very competitive game, and Norway has kind of had Ishming's number the last couple of years. I think last year it was more of a they were depleted injury-wise, and I think that might have played a role. But uh, it's, going be, it's going to be a competitive good game. Well, we'll talk more about that. We'll have a couple more uh, games to get to from last night. We'll catch up with Marquette head coach Dave LaHillier. That's all coming up next here on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. Making our way through Saturday morning. Blake Froling and Ryan Steeg with you here on the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. We are fueled by Donkers. I think that's what I'm going to start saying. Instead of fueled? sponsored by, fueled by Donkers. Okay. What do you think? So we, we, we were empty coming in here. I know the tanks. Well, I was. I don't know about you. I was... I was running on fumes. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And it lifted you up, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. So Donkers will lift you up as well. That should be their tagline. We'll lift you up? We'll lift you up. <laughs> Here's what you do. You trademark it, and then you offer to sell it to them. Okay. Business idea. All right. Always be thinking, right? So uh, we do have some more high school football instead of business. So let's get to some other scores from around the UP. Uh, Escanaba squeaked by Petoskey last night, nice 15 to 14. Um, down by two scores and found their way back into it. Mm-hmm. They were at risk of going 0-2 to start the year. A playoff team, a good playoff team from oh, a year went ago. deep right. into the playoffs last year. So they get the win. Um, let's see, a couple other scores. Hancock took it to Gogebic 38-6. So Hancock now uh, 2-0 as well. That's going to be um, an interesting game coming up next week because they got Nagani. Um, I thought maybe this would be the chance to, for Nagani to get that win that they've they mm-hmm. kind of eluded them. But uh, Hancock handled Gojibic pretty well. So, I also just found out that for the Westpac, at first, since they have two divisions, first it was big and little. Then I saw A and B. Now I'm seeing Copper and Iron as the two names for the, the divisions. Uh, I, I, I like kind of like it, but, you know, it's like not every team is in a certain place. I mean, would you... I, mean, I don't know. It, well, I guess is, is is it as dumb as the leaders and legends thing that the that Big was Ten came up with? Stupid. That was stupid. At least with the organization of these two two divisions, it makes sense okay. in terms of enrollment. Uh-huh. Leaders and legends was just like any meeny miny mo. So, and one of the divisions there was no not a lot of legends no. in it or so. leaders. Yes. <laughs> so, but um, that's more clever of a name. Yeah. I mean, I can go with it. I uh, could get behind it. Yeah. Um, so has it changed, like, legitimately, or is it just... Uh, I'm looking at uh, upfootball.com, and okay. that's what's listed here. Okay. I'll, I'll take their word for it. Okay. They're usually pretty good with this. It's pretty reliable, so yeah. Uh, West Iron County beat Bark River Harris 28-7, to so they are 2-0. and yep. They are in the Iron Conference. Could be one of the top teams in that Iron Conference. West Iron County in the Iron Conference? It makes sense. Yes. See? And the Calumet Copper Kings are in the Copper, Copper Conference. See? Now it doesn't yeah, seem as... now it doesn't sound as weird. Yeah, yeah. there you go. A uh, couple other scores. St. Ignace uh, beat Newberry 38-30. to And uh, we had a eight-man game. Rudyard beat Brimley 20-14. to So those are some of the scores from the, around the area. It's basically squ- split half on Thursday, half on Friday. Do you like Thursday night football? I'm... I'm okay with football any night of the week. That's fair. Um, I, it's interesting having high school games on Thursday because it's just kind of out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Of course, it won't happen again. Right. You know, that's the year. But uh, it's, I, I haven't covered a high school football game on Saturday before, and I think that would be interesting. So maybe I'll get that chance. It's an point. odd feel, yeah. especially if it's at noon or something. You, you kind and of you still waking up. Yeah, and Mi- Michigan's kicking off at the same time, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is interesting. But High school football belongs on Friday nights. Yeah. I feel like college football also belongs on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't a big fan of Michigan State playing on Friday night. I didn't get to see it live. Had to to DVR it, and then, of course, someone had to spoil it for me. Yeah, so. a certain someone. A certain someone who shall remain nameless. It is not me, just to clarify. Right. I was not in the booth. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's I wasn't wasn't blaming you. Okay, I was just clarifying to the listeners. If the person is listening, they know who they are. <laughs> and I'll probably be receiving a text message shortly. For shame. Yes. <laughs> so I guess I'll find out if they're listening. Yeah. Right? Um, so we mentioned earlier Gwyn had its game against Manistique canceled. So Gwyn is 2-0 and now by default, and I know it is it, it's not really a win, but it counts as a win, but yeah. were you, did you peg Man, uh, Gwyn as one of the teams that you thought could go 2-0? I, I thought they would be 2-0 at this point. Uh, I think Deanna had a good team coming back. He was really high on them. They were hit hard by injuries, just like Ishming was last year, so I think that wasn't a better, wasn't a good 
image of what how good their team was. I think they got a lot of guys back. We talked Dion talked about how he's hyped up on a couple of their guys. Mm-hmm. Especially he's, as he said, he's going to introduce the UP to Danny Holmes. That's right. I love I love that quote. I had to include that in my preview. Um and uh unfortunately we didn't get a chance to see it. We were supposed to cover the Gwyn game on Thursday, but it ended up happening, but <clears throat> it's we're going to see them eventually, you know, and uh I'm excited. I I watched them practice when I went to go interview Dion, and uh, they look good. So. Mm-hmm. Also, we uh, had the game on Thursday with Marquette. They went down to Traverse City Central, lost thirty-five to seven against a team that had a couple D1 players. They and Marquette didn't have Ethan Martish and Drew Gale, so tough own two start for the Redmen. Yeah, um, well, we've talked about before. Marquette always ends up kind of behind more than they want to be to start the year because they always have to start with the Traverse City teams, which, you know, they're they're both powers, you know. St. Francis is always good. Central's always good. And then sometimes they have to throw West in there too sometimes and maybe not as good as Central and St. Francis, but it's always a good game. So it just, it it's such a bad way. It kind of kills you, you know. You're all amped for the season, you know, as a player, and then you know that, People are picking you to lose your first mm-hmm. two games of the year, and then to be without their two best offensive players, that didn't help. So we're going to get to our conversation here uh, from yesterday with head coach Dave LaHillier. At the half, you had a, a close opportunity to score before halftime. How big of a momentum shift was it when you weren't able to punch it in? Yeah, that hurt us a little bit, and that's kind of been the story the first uh, the first two weeks. Um, you know, we, we actually moved the ball really well, but on the field, um, we just obviously couldn't uh, didn't finish very well in the first half. Twice we got down there. Once it was fourth and uh, four, and we uh, we didn't complete the pass. And then the second one was a uh, you know we had you know fourth and goal for two, and uh, got stopped at the wash line. So that's uh, you know those things are, are, are kind of tough to swallow a little bit. But like I said, we you know we did pretty well offensively moving the ball without uh, having. With Drew or Ethan in, in the game, um, you know, I thought our line blocked really well. And, uh, you know, we moved Robert Apple from uh, from quarterback to tailback, and he, he did a really nice job as a, as a tailback for his first time. And he played quarterback pretty much his whole life. And, um, you know, he, he got some speed and, and uh, really did a nice job. And, and Brady Wright also played some, who was normally a fullback. He also got some left to tailback for us, too. So we were kind of uh, a tailback by committee last night, and then uh, Ethan Hayes was able to get back and play. He missed the first game with a shoulder, and uh, was able to play fullback and and, uh, and linebacker for us. So that uh, you know that that was big getting him back too. So with Martish and Gale sidelined with those injuries, how big of an of a hole does that leave for them on both sides of the ball? Well, I mean, stating the obvious, they're both you know all UP Dream Team players last year. So you take two all UP Dream Team players off your offense and. You know, obviously it's going to, uh, you know, have some effect on, on what you can do. Um, but like I said, the other guys did a really good job of stepping up last night. Um, you know, Adam Jencheck had about six catches, did a really nice job. Colin Hicks had a few catches. Uh, Robert Apple caught a couple of screen passes and had some nice long, uh, you know, runs off the screens. Um, so, again, we had a lot of guys that stepped up and, and really did a nice job. Um, and, and, again, we're playing against Traverse City Central. They're they're a loaded team, you know. They won forty-four nothing last weekend, and uh, you know they're they're going to be legit and probably be in for the hunt again. And uh, so again, I thought our kids did a really nice job. They responded really well, and uh, and, and we, we had a couple chances, and we just didn't capitalize again. So, um, but we did a much better job. We you know won the turnover battle. We had one uh, one one uh, interception. That was it. And we caused a fumble on their first drive, and then uh, Tanner Judd got a, a pick on. Uh, in the, in the fourth quarter, so you know that was that was much better for us offensively. We did a much better job of taking care of the ball. Um, we just have to be able to finish our drive. We're talking with Dave LaHillier, Marquette head coach here on the Coaches Show, and we talked about this before the season started. How you play these two teams every year, the Traverse City teams, and you say it, it helps you down the road. What are some areas where you think playing these games will help you this season? Uh, just the level of, of competition that you see. Um, you know, like I said, both teams are are loaded with talent. Uh, you know, Central's probably got three guys that are going to be D1 athletes. I think St. Francis and a couple guys are getting some D1 looks. So, again, anytime you see that that type of speed and that type of athleticism on the field, 
um, obviously going to help you for the rest of uh, rest your season going through. Mm-hmm. Before we let you go, our main theme for the show has been player safety and, and head injuries, and it's been one of the more, more popular topics in football. How have you seen changes made in football regarding player safety and head injuries during your coaching career? Oh, I, I think the biggest thing in the last couple of years is the MHSAA has, has kind of really changed some things in, in terms of, you know, practice. Um, uh, you know, times you're allowed to have contact practices, uh, the number of contact practices you're allowed to have throughout the week. Um, so they're really trying to take, you know, limit as much of the hitting as possible during practice. Um, so, you know, again, they're, they're, they're not taking those many repeated hits. And, you know, one of the biggest myths out there about concussions is, you know, a lot of the times it happens from you're looking for that one big hit where it happens. Well, you know, a lot of times now it's because of, you know, the repeated minor hits that are that are happening that's, that's causing them. Um, and just the overall awareness. You know, our, we have a great uh, training staff that we work with. And, you know, with UP uh, Sports Rehab does a great job of having people with, with all of our practices and helping monitoring things and, and seeing things. And, um, you know, for us, it's, again, just the overall educational part of it and the awareness that we have now you know you see those things happen it's before you know back when i was playing you just you, were, you, were, you just kind of shook the cobwebs off and you went right back in and now you really understand that you know not the best practice to do that when those things happen um you got to get your your player out for the safety you know the safety of the individual and uh again the, part of the problem is if, if they get rushed back too soon um then there's a you know there's a greater risk of occurring again so I think, you know, just the, the educational awareness is a huge factor in it. And then, uh, again, making better decisions on, on practice time and how you use practice time efficiently. All right, Dave, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Coaches Show. All right, thanks. That was Marquette head coach Dave LaHillier joining us here on ESPN-UP. We'll wrap things up when we come back, uh, get some more thoughts from Ryan and I. Stick with us on the Coaches Show. The Marquette Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce. The West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo. The barbecue bacon Big Boy and fully loaded Big Boy US 41 Marquette. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color-matched finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. All right, we've got a couple minutes left here on your Saturday morning. Blake Froling and Ryan Steeg with you. Want to give a final shout-out to Donkers for fueling us up for the show. They'll fill you up. Yes, they'll fill you up, fuel you, you up, up, raise you up. Wait, wait, say Lift you up? Lift you up. So, I like that one, too. Yeah, both physically with your hunger and spiritual. Your spirits, yes. So we asked last. We can, we can get through the day now. Yeah. I oh, think. for sure. We're ready. We're on the right foot. 
Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Don't forget it. Yeah. So last week we asked which team made the best statement win, biggest statement win. Who do you think that would apply to this week? Oh, boy. Um, of the local teams, I would say probably it's a toss-up between Ishming and Westwood just because they were both so dominant. Um, I don't know. I was at Ishming, so I probably am leaning towards there, and you were at Westwood, so you're probably leaning towards that. That's so fair. It's like just because we were both at the games. But I think both of them you could make the case just because their running games are good, quarterback play was good, their defense was good on both teams. So I would say both of them. Um, if you're looking outside the area, I would say you could put Eski up there because they had to come from behind to beat a good <clears throat> team in the Northmen. Uh, so you could throw them out there. Um, trying to think, Norway coming together after stumbling early against Munising that was kind of impressive. Uh, but there was no big marquee like. Superior Central taking down Forest Park like it was in week one. In week mm-hmm. one. We'll have two of those opportunities at least. I don't know the rest of the schedule. But with Ishbuming playing Norway and then Westwood playing Calumet, those would be the two best games of the week. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we'll only be able to cover one of them, and you'll be over, over yeah. to cover. Yeah. I got so. the other one covered for you. Yeah, so we'll have both. We'll get to see both teams. We'll see if they can keep their momentum going. Um, I haven't got to see Westwood yet, but they've been I've, – I've read up with them, and I thought they'd have a big year, and it looks like they're going to. Um, I'm interested to see them getting tested, and I think they'll actually get that from Calumet. Um, with Ishming – they should get truly tested for the first time with Norway. Um, I thought they'd get a little bit. I did guarantee that they'd win. Good point. Yes. You were right. Yeah, but I thought it'd be a little more competitive, um, but Ishming just ended up you know, taking it to him after a while. Mm-hmm. So. Also another interesting game next week, Hancock at Nagani. Miners looking for their first win of the season against a pretty good Hancock team. I, you know, we were talking about it a little earlier. I think this is finally the game where Nagani gets that win. I think if Waterman plays, which he probably should, from what I'm hearing, but if he plays, I think they'll. I think there's got to be that little chip on their shoulder a little bit at this point. You know, they should have won a week one. They were doing okay with Calumet until Waterman went down. Things kind of spiraled out of control. So I think they'll come together and get that win. Also, a very interesting game on Saturday. Uh, Escanaba hosting Detroit Loyola. When they went down there last year, and now they get the return game. And beat them. Mm-hmm. So, and it's... Detroit Loyola is a powerhouse. They were like... They were Ishpeming's battle back and forth. Right. You know, for Blake that McDowell stretch. was there. Yeah. Who was handled by the Ishpeming... That's right. ...pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to be a fun one. I, I was surprised that Escanaba went down there and handled them because Loyola is so good mm-hmm. on their own turf, and uh, it's a big win for them, and should be a competitive game there too. Gwyn taking on Lakeland and Hubble as well on Saturday. I think Gwyn goes 3-0. I think Lake Linden isn't necessarily as bad as that score may be. I mean, they got some they, – they can hide the ball well. You know, Jeff was talking about it a little bit. They There are times where I'm – I do my best to try to follow the play, but there were times where they even faked out us in the booth. Like, <laughs> like we were thinking, oh, it's a run up the. It was a run around end, and they concealed it so well that even the Ishming defense had to. It was, they just couldn't score when they needed to. So I think it'll be a better game, but I think Gwen goes three and zero. Okay, so uh, let's see. Do we have any others that stick out for next week? Uh, I think we got over the main ones. Bark River Harris Munising could be oh. a close game. I think Marquette gets its first one. Okay, they uh, will they host get Sault Ste. Sault Ste. Marie. Marie. Um, I Sault Ste. Marie's kind of struggled so far this year, and mm-hmm. I think uh, this will be Marquette's weird. Okay, I mean, well, not their only win, but it'll be their first win. Their first win doesn't feel good to have football back. It's great. Uh, we've had football now for two days. College football today, and well, the NFL's not quite yet. Soon, yet. yeah, another week. Soon, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, the first football, college football Saturday, like this time right you now. You feel like it's officially football year. You're in the good times. Uh-huh. This is it. This is the golden age. The golden age? Yes, the golden period of the year. 
Are you lifted up? I feel like it. All right. it's, it's probably the donkers that's getting to me at this <laughs> yes. point. These pancakes were delicious. Yes. I couldn't my, even finish them all. My bacon waffle was great too. So What a great invention. Let's just take a waffle. Just put a piece shove, of bacon in meat it. meat in there. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. No, it's... These inventions, food inventions, it's creative. All right, we're done. Yeah. We're out of time. Thanks, Ryan, for coming in. You're listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.